What's up, Sober Family? Today is June 29th, 2022, and this is season two, episode two of I Kissed Alcohol Goodbye, the podcast where we break up with booze together. This is a show for newly sober people who want to stay that way and find community while they're at it. I'm your host, Dana Crawl, and 133 days ago, I ended my relationship with alcohol. With me, as always, is Al K. Hallfree, my co-host and spirit animal for sobriety. Uh, Al told me he's tired of not being able to hear everything the guests say, so I got him his own set of earbuds and a mic. He was complaining about the glass ceiling, so I decided to be a, a better boss than that, a uh, better lead host. Our guest today is R.L.E. Davis, a music video director and photographer from Los Angeles, and today we're going to talk all about hangovers. RLE has been hang, living hangover and alcohol-free since December 1st, 2021, and she's about to celebrate seven months sober. So all I can say is, wow. So welcome, RLE. Tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe how we became friends, because I don't want to forget to mention both Reframe and our French professor, Alain, ahem, I should say, notre professeur français, Alain, qui habite aussi à Los Angeles. So welcome, bienvenue. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I am a longtime listener and supporter of this podcast, and I'm really excited to be here. <laughs> so yeah, Reframe. We met via Reframe um, as um, now that we have all these little um, side uh, Instagram families, we became like a little bit more friendly there and got to know each other. And somehow or other, it turns out that we both love French. We're Francophiles. Like who would have thunk? Yes. <laughs> and that transitioned over to taking... Um, some, uh, what is it, every other Thursday, a French class with Alain, and he's awesome, and it's it's great to to be able to to get back into those um, hobbies, you know, that were always yeah. there, always, we always loved them, but alcohol was in the way. Yeah, I never so. had any energy for French, except for like, as, as I'm homeschooling, and we've been teaching, having the boys do Duolingo, but now I'm actually doing it like every day, like I'm on a 33-day streak on Duolingo, so go me. I'm excited about it. So tell us about um, where you just got back from, because before we get delve into ha hangovers, but this will link into it because I think you had said on a previous trip like this one that you just made to Israel for your son's bar mitzvah um, to see family, you would have been hung over a lot of that trip. Is that right? Tell us oh, about yeah. that trip. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, first of all, I found out that I am not a nervous flyer. I, I thought that I was. And every time I took a, a long trip, I definitely have to have some wine or something to calm me down or sometimes even like a little Xanax or something. Mm -hmm. And um, I just decided to, you know what? I don't need it. Let me just try. And I did other things like breathing techniques and um, EFT. If that's, uh, that's what it's called, the tapping. The tapping, yeah. The tapping. Mm -hmm. And also there's this little portion right here on your, between your uh, thumb and your pointer finger when you squeeze that, it kind of releases this strange little pressure and no way. boom. I'm totally going to try this. Yeah. <laughs> In between slinging tacos and quesadillas tonight, I'm going to be, I'm going to be squeezing there. That is brilliant. Yeah. We've already it's learned like a something. little fatty portion. We're like two minutes into this episode and we've already learned something. I, I, this is great. Keep talking. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to shut up. Keep talking. Keep yeah. teaching us. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah, um, got to Israel. Uh, we, we were there for two main events. First main event was a cousin's wedding. So I did my, I attended my first completely sober wedding and wow. it was fabulous. It was great. It was about an hour outside of Tel Aviv in this beautiful, like 
all nature. It was almost like a winery sort of, maybe it was, maybe it was some other kind of farmland, so beautiful. And then also for my son's bar mitzvah. And typically any type of celebration is always followed by something fancy. You know, yeah. it's, it doesn't have to be champagne. It could be beer or whatever, but there's always like an excuse. And, and now that, I, that I've done this and I was there for 15 days and we traveled the country, we went to the southernmost part of Israel, we went to the West Bank and spent time with like a Palestinian new friend. I mean, it was just like incredible, so incredible to be present and remember it. And, you know, um, previous trips would have been like, it's five o'clock, it's happy hour, let's yeah. go. And that would have led to a very horrible morning but by the time lunch rolls around, you're ready for the next round. So yeah. I'm just happy that I was able to do that and prove to myself that it was not necessary to, you know, to have any kind of um, booze or wine or just anything. Well, yeah. And, and think of, yeah, now you'll actually remember all of that wedding and you won't, when you remember the bar mitzvah too, like, you yeah, completely, fully present. Um, and it was very special. Um, I mean, the memories are there now, you know, and it's worth it. And I can't even imagine like all these trips I've taken before in my youth um, that are basically flushed down the toilet because you spend so much time and money preparing for the trip. And then you get there and then you're like, party time. And it's like, really? I could have done that at home if I wanted to. <laughs> yeah, like why fly halfway around the world just to do the same like recreation that you could do at home in Los Angeles, right? But, but tell us more about that too, because you're, you work in an industry in the entertainment industry that has, mm -hmm. it's kind of saturated with alcohol. Am I right? We lived in LA for three years and we had some friends that worked um, in various, uh, various, I don't know, areas of, of uh, the West side of town where we didn't live. And so we got to like, go to see a couple of cool like readings and see and meet some cool people. I like walked past Tim Meadows on the beach when I was surfing one day. I was like, oh my God, that was Tim Meadows. And I surfed next to Anthony Kiedis one time out in Malibu. And I was like, oh my God, that's Anthony Kiedis. But like outside of all those places, it seems like there's a lot of alcohol in, in, in and around Hollywood and just in Southern California in general. Tell us about that and what it's been like for you working in that industry before we get into more of that, the hangover stuff, because maybe this can segue us into that. So yeah, as, as you know, like you mentioned, um, there are always rap parties. So there's like shoots, rap parties, um, celebrations, like there's going to be a um, premiere or whatnot, always fueled by alcohol. Um, and it's gotten easier for me now because as long as you're holding something in your hand, or at least uh -huh. if I'm holding something in my hand, I don't feel the pressure to want to have a drink or anything. Um, I think I already know what that looks like. I already yeah. know what a, I went to a premiere. Um, it was called, uh, it's for this movie. It was a Will Ferrell movie. It was in Spanish and there were some big me Mexican actors in it. And uh, the rap party was just, you know, open bar and go for it. So I did. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> yeah, I totally went for it. And so um, that just, it kind of, I don't know, like I, I wanted to be there. I, I, I was seeing all these like cool people that I admired and instead I, here I am, you know, drinking cause it's there. It's just there. Yeah. yeah. Well, and like, if it's free, why, why not? Right. It's exactly. You know, well, I need, yeah. it's almost, you almost feel compelled to if it's free, but the non-alcoholic stuff's free too. So why does the alcoholic stuff, to, <laughs> why does it, 
why does it change things? But it seems to, and I know why. And before we we clicked record, we were we did alcohol free cheers and clinked through Zoom. Um, but show us what you got there. Tell me what kind of mocktail you've got there, because if we saw you holding yeah. that at a party, I would assume that that had alcohol in it, right? I mean, like mm-hmm. what what are you rocking today in that in that beautiful? So glass? today I'm having um, an apple cider vinegar sparkling water mix with a little bit of um, maple syrup and uh, cayenne pepper. So we've already got we've got an EFT lesson and you've got a mocktail recipe. I'm here on I Kissed Alcohol Goodbye America and Sober World. This is this is great. I'm super man. Season two is just off to like this awesome start. Yeah, and I'm so excited to follow on the heels of Katie Mack with uh, my friend who also you know we had Katie works in New York uh, and mostly on that side of the of the country and here you are in the West Coast and so we've got like my two my two hip friends from New York and Los Angeles. To, to kick off season two. It's so much fun. But tell me about um, the romanticizing of alcohol in film and media. And because you're a music video producer, right? And you had an interesting Snoop Dogg story that you told us one time that I was fascinated. Oh, uh, yeah. By, that maybe, I don't remember if it was about alcohol per se, but um, tell us about what it's like to work on the set with famous people and, oh, and yeah, how yeah. alcohol intersects with that and could lead you to maybe have hangovers that would impact your the way you could, the way you were working. Well, with Snoop, um, I was doing behind the scene, um, behind the scene stills for the music video. So I wasn't like directing or or filming that, but I was doing okay. behind the scene stills, and it was just really like surreal because I've always admired him. I love his music, and he just totally lived up to the expectations. He was so kind and welcoming. And he was so welcoming that he actually offered me a little token. <laughs> and I was like, oh, thank you. No, I'm working. But um, it was just so surreal. It was so surreal. Um, but there was no pressure there for boozing or anything like that. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that anecdote. Like, tell course. me about what it's like on in and around the set and then off the set later. You, you talked a little bit about it before with like a film premiere. But what is it like on the music video side of things? Or even just when you're doing still, I don't mean to say just doing stills, but like when you're not the director, when you're someone who's there taking pictures or doing as a supporting, what's it like for all of the people that work there? What's the alcohol pressure like for them? Is there pressure for them as well? Or just tell me more about that. Yeah, of course. Well, I have been a PA as well. I've been a PA on a film set and also on on a on another music video set. And I think people just bond, you know, you're working there, you're long hours. Sometimes if you're on location, it's really hot and you're there for, you know, like it's a long day and everyone can't, you know, just can't wait to get off so that they mm-hmm. can drink. And then this one um, particular time I was doing a PA, it was in the desert. And I think it was like a 12 hour day or whatnot. And afterwards, it didn't matter. It was late, but people at the motel where we were staying at wanted to drink. And that's fine. I mean, it's like, you know, you need to let loose a little bit, but at the same time, it's like, it will affect you the next day. So then you are going to be running yourself a little ragged. I'm just thankful that I was in my twenties. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And 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 I was able to bounce back. I will, I will be a gentleman and not ask you how old you are, but I mean, I know I'm 42 and <laughs> she did, in case you're not, I was um, a, child the Austin the Powers, uh, a teenager Pinky. of the nineties. Okay. Okay, cool. So we're, we're about the same age. And yeah. um, I was listening the other day, another OG from the reframe community um, that is in one of our Instagram chats. And I'm actually going to do an interview with her tomorrow. And that episode's going to air in a week or two. Uh, but Carrie was telling me, 
that um, about other podcasts that she liked, and she mentioned Smartless, and I had never listened to it before. Uh, I'm so not hip, I didn't realize this is like a top five podcast, and it was really cool. I listened to it while I was mowing the lawn yesterday. I'm tooling around on the tractor with my ear with one of Al's earbuds in and listening to um, their 100th episode where they interviewed Bradley Cooper, who was a good friend of theirs. Apparently, they've come up, um, you know, through the industry together over the last few decades. And um, he talked about getting sober and how much of the uh, the culture there inside the entertainment industry is about keeping up appearances. And you even talked about it here for someone who's not the celebrity, but is even just around them, this pressure to feel like you fit in, like you've got to have a, a drink in your hand. So what is it that you think is so romantic? How do we get to the place where we romanticize this so much that Hollywood has such an impact on the rest of the Western world that, and even elsewhere, like, how do you think we got there? And what do you think the, the way forward might be yeah. on that? Well, the, the fitting in part really makes sense to me because um, now that it's been almost seven months, about to be seven months, I realize that I'm not really an introvert, but I'm also not like an extrovert either. Okay. Um, I used to think that I was an introvert and that I needed to have the liquid courage to socialize, to be a part of the group, to let loose. And I really don't um, because I don't also, I also don't need all the attention on me. Like if we're in a group of people, I like to listen, but I also feel comfortable. Um, so it was a lie that I was um, socially awkward. Okay. You know, I just, I, I kind of allowed myself to fall into that. And I think that in groups, you will often, in, in, especially in the entertainment, yes, in like a, a set, on set, you'll find people that are just like, I can't wait till I can have that drink so I can like exhale. Uh. So... That's, because that's it can be nerve-wracking. I know I, when I've met famous people, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm talking to this person who, and and you, and I remember being more naturally like that. But the funny thing is, as you talked, you said you found that you don't really need, you don't need it to be less socially awkward or whatever. Just the same way that you described that you once you tried flying without drinking, you discovered, oh, I can do other things to to manage this and to deal with it and to learn and find some new skills that I didn't realize that I had it. You had to step outside of your comfort zone to do that, obviously, but it was possible, right? I think, yeah, yeah it was always possible, but you just kind of allow yourself to fall into this, um, I guess it's a lie, you know, that's been uh, perpetuated by movies yeah you see movies you see the awkward kid you see like those high school movies or college movies they go to the party and they're like awkward and they drink and then they're like the life of the party and you kind yeah. of allow yourself to think that that's true and it's like no no that's a movie <laughs> it's not true yeah and something else that Carrie said in a conversation with her yesterday is we're prepping for the the interview I'm going to do with her. I hope I'm not, I'm not like stealing calf of Carrie's episode here, but she was talking about how when you watch on TV now, you know, think of 20 years ago with friends, they met in a coffee shop and then now, uh, and it's centered around, you know, this caffeinated beverage, which I, I obviously think is okay as I'm imbibing both. I, I'm like double fisting with coffee. Oh my God. Wow. Like, double oh God. Fisting. Oh, it's terrible. Like she it's a good thing I'm ADHD or other, <laughs> otherwise I would, it actually is calming me down, which is the crazy part. But she made the point that uh, like on how I met your mother, for example, they meet in a bar and they're not always necessarily drinking. The point of being there isn't necessarily to drink, but the setting and the context is different and how much I, there's been this slow shift 
over the last 20 years um, with our generation and younger, I think, where it's just so much more socially accepted. Like we get off work, we go drink. Is, is that right? Yeah, and it's part of the culture. And I think too, it starts with, um, it's not like we ever really learn how to drink, not that there's a proper way to drink or anything, but I do believe that like most young adults um, and, and older teenagers, they learn um, how to binge drink, like how to quickly get as wasted in the yeah. shortest amount of time as possible, because then some type of magic will happen and you will transform. <laughs> and it's like, there's no genie in that bottle. There really yeah. isn't. Um, and so then that kind of like, you, you learn how to do it that way. And then it just becomes a thing. And well, and it's funny that we would do that because I mean, I remember feeling like shit when I was a teenager and drank and woke up. I mean, I think I recovered more easily than I did in my third, you know, certainly in my thirties and early forties, but uh, and in early 20s in college as well, it was like, oh, I, you know, I got wasted, but I could get up. And maybe that builds into this sense of you like, oh, it's no big deal. I'll just feel like crap for a while in the morning, but I'll go, um, I'll go out to eat or I'll, you know, do something that makes it go away. So tell me about like what, what one of the things we were going to talk about, what is like, what is a hangover? Uh, because early on, maybe we don't fully appreciate what a hangover actually is when we're young and we're binge drinking just to get wasted as quickly as we can. And then we're like, oh, it's no big deal. But what are, are we really feeling as good as we think when we're drunk? And then are we really feeling as good as we think when we're not, <laughs> when we're not drunk? Because maybe it's a lot worse than on both sides than we realized. For sure. I mean, well, according to like the National Institute of Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism, um, hangovers are just a set of symptoms um, that okay. occur after heavy drinking. Okay. So these symptoms, um, they typically, they vary, but they typically include like dehydration, headache, fatigue, nausea, light and sound um, sensitivity. Yeah. Like it can't be too loud. Oh my God, no, that's gonna give me more of a headache. And it certainly cannot be any brighter than it is right now. Um, I remember once um, a very heavy um, hangover. I had to wear sunglasses indoors. Indoors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you know the the symptoms are, I mean we all know them. Vertigo, like you you know the room is spinning. You're standing yeah. or you're you're sitting on the couch or lying on the couch. You have to put your foot down to make sure that you know your arm out. Like no, the room is not spinning. But yeah, we get that vertigo feeling unpleasant bathroom experiences. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good euphemistic way to put it. I like it. <laughs> yeah. So what, what are some myths though that are around hangover? I mean, because I think we there's a mythology about all of it. It is the idea is that, oh, once it goes, I think one of the myths might be, well, once it goes away, once I start to feel better, maybe a couple, of, if we're lucky, a couple hours later, or maybe later in the day, we feel well enough to go drink again that night. But like, I think one of the myths might be that um, it doesn't have a longer term impact on me for days or weeks, but, but does it? Yeah, I think, yeah, that's a really great myth. Um, it really does have an impact. In fact, as a matter of fact, I feel like thanks to having, because my hangovers, they got worse and worse as the years went on and I couldn't bounce back anymore the way I did in my twenties yeah. um, and thirties. Um, so uh, the, the impact that it has is that it just, you, 
it, it's a little bit scarier. Um, you kind of learn to accept it in a way like, oh, that's just, you know, that's what comes with it. And so you kind of start to live with it. And that's really bad. And for me, what was happening was I, I have general anxiety disorder. And so I started to cope with um, having a drink here and there to like chill me out. And I found myself in this cycle where I was like, the thing that I was taking to chill me out was what was making it worse. Ah, so yeah. Yeah. But and the anxiety is real. Yeah. The, and, and define that for us too, in case there's a new listener who hasn't, because I had not heard that term until I was newly sober and got on reframe app or and heard in other Instagram circles, uh, that term, what does anxiety mean? It's, um, it's all of these symptoms that, um, manifest from, from, uh, the hangover. It's a fatigue. It's a dehydration. It is like the rapid heartbeat, the, um, high blood pressure. It's like waking up at 3 AM, like clockwork, you know, because you're like, what is happening to me? That was, that was happening to me. That was <laughs> heart racing and anxiety of like, uh, what did I do? Cause you can't remember like where it's, it might be, where am I? Or if you know, you're at home, it's like, what did I do? what did I do might be the anxiety part of it too, right? Exactly. The, what did I do is probably is like the bigger thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and for that- me, not so much, but I know friends who, um, the other thing that like the result of the hangovers are avoidance because they were like, what did I do? And so uh, I just happen to be like a pretty like chill person. So I, I would get like text messages, like, how did I behave? And oh my uh, gosh, like, I don't remember anything. You've got to help me like figure out what happened. I, I have all these text messages from so-and-so that kind of thing. It's like, whoa. Yeah. And it's so funny that we would continue to do this. And I'm saying this because th- that's me 130 some days ago. I mean, I'm, it's not like I'm going, how could people be so silly? Like, that's right. me. Like, why, that's why me. did I do that? I mean, I like have all, I had a, you know, like this very like Pacific sorry for the pun, like this very peaceful upbringing and like everything was fine. And uh, like, I, I had an education and I've had good relationships and like, I, what, why would someone who has all the equipment uh, that I need in, in life continue to make this ridiculous decision to make myself feel like crap over and over and over again, sometimes days and days in a row uh, or, or uh, more recently weeks in a row. It was like, I don't care. Why, why do you think we do? Why would we continue to go back and do this when we know the hangover is coming? Is the feeling of being drunk really that good? Why? It, it, it must be. But are we really feeling as good as we think we are, I guess, is my next question. Yeah, I think, yeah, we are. I mean, because me too, like, I'm not going to judge. I was absolutely there. And I, I, I didn't drink every single day until the pandemic hit. And then, you know, we were locked down, then it just became easier to have like, happy hours at home and stuff and self-medicate. And I was riding the crazy train. I really was. Every morning was just horrible. But come three, four o'clock, I was like, okay, it's not so bad. And then come five o'clock, it was like, all right, let's do this again. So I think um, part of it is the not knowing, you know, what is out there because we are using this as a, a coping mechanism, you know, to cope with our feelings, to cope with just issues, avoidance. I mean, all kinds of stuff is there and we don't want to see that. We don't have time to see that. We just want to numb out. And it's kind of like the lesser of two evils or whatever. Like you already know, you already know what it's going to be like when you drink, you already know you're going to, you know, feel numb and check out. And, uh, and it's easier to do that than to actually face whatever other issues you've got going on. 
So that's what I think it was, at least for me, definitely. Well, and what's interesting too, is in terms of time perception, I mean, while you're, I'm trying to remember while I was drinking and drunk, would time actually feel like it elongated or, because when I look back on it, it doesn't seem like I was drunk. I like, I felt good for that long when you're in it. Maybe I've, maybe I fooled myself that this feels good and it feels longer than I think. But, but when I remember it later, which is what I live with for the majority of my life, you would think that I would look back and go, gosh, I, I really didn't feel good for that long, but I feel crappy this much on the backside of it. Why am I even just from a simple cost benefit analysis? Like, why would I do that? Is it maybe that alcohol is an addictive substance? I mean, there's a, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm asking myself like, oh, duh, duh, maybe it is. He's almost like, I'm not addicted. I'm not addicted. And like, I'm not medically addicted. It's not like I've got, you know, delirium tremens where like, if I don't have a drink, I can't, you know, stop shaking. And I'm not mocking, I'm not saying that, that like, yeah. I'm just saying, wow, maybe there was something going on there where my brain started to get used to that because it wasn't just, am I having a bad day? Am I having a good day? It didn't matter. I found an excuse to drink either way, right? Did you? Yeah, all the time, every time. In fact, I remember once I was talking to a friend and I was complaining because I was having um, anxiety and feeling like horrible about myself. And she told me, you know what? You keep saying that, but you keep doing that. And maybe it was harsh love, but I needed to hear it at the time. Um, And she says, you know, like it happens like clockwork. You know, you go out, you party, and the next day you suffer and hello, what's going on? And it's not going to stop until you decide to stop it. Yeah. And And yeah, I'm thinking about the people around us too, looking at us going like, why, why I'm, I'm putting myself in the shoes of my wife. Like, why would Dana keep doing this? He looks like crap. He feels like crap. He, you know, but he continues to do that. It's almost like the definition of insanity where you, you keep doing the same Mm -hmm. thing and keep getting the same result. Right. But I don't think it was until Anna said it on episode 10, maybe where we had the ladies round table on sobriety with millennial ladies. And it was Anna and Austin. And she said, um, late in the episode, she said, I think that the people who drink and don't have a drinking problem are the weird ones that we are actually the normal ones because we're having a normal reaction to a normally, uh, like we're having an ordinary reaction to an ordinarily addictive substance. So Mm -hmm. maybe we can give ourselves some, some grace instead of going like, God, I'm so stupid. How, why, why did I keep doing that? Or why do I keep doing that? If someone's listening and they're, you know, struggling with um, feelings of self anger or worthlessness, like maybe we can cut ourselves some slack there. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's normal to be addicted to something addictive, to yeah. an addictive substance. Yeah, that's like normal. That is completely, yeah, um, to be expected. Um, for me, I find the unicorns are the people that can take it or leave it. Like my parents, yeah. for example, they don't really, they don't drink, they, they don't drink, but um, I have seen them maybe drink twice in my entire life, maybe. Um, I, once my mom and I went to a concert and she had like a sip of her margarita and she was like, that's it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's all she needed. So, um, so I think that's a little bit more like, you know, um, less, less ordinary. That's extraordinary yeah. to, to have that, you know, um, and, and, and maybe like the way that I feel about weed, like for me, it's never been something that I like at all. Like, I, 
no, not my thing. Same not for my me, jam. thankfully. Yeah, yeah. So, and then other people are like, "What? You're nuts! This is amazing!" I'm like, right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. Well, and it shows that we've each got a different. You know, we've all got common um, traits as as humans. I mean, we're all. I guess we're all we're all like cousins in some way, right? We've got a lot of a, a huge percentage of the same DNA running around in us, and so we're going to be with that wiring. We're all going to react to alcohol in similar ways, in some ways, but we're also unique individuals, and each, each of our physiology uh, physiological responses are, are going to be uh, uh, slightly different. So someone might experience a hangover differently than someone else. Like I had never heard about the heart. I I never experienced, thankfully, the heart racing. Um, or the anxiety, I, I, I mean, I'm sure I had anxiety in some way, shape or form, but it wasn't like a, oh my God, I feel like I've heard people describe it. Like they feel like they're going to die. Like they wake yeah. up with that panic attack, like, which I, yeah. which I have had before sober and I know how horrible they are. But I guess my point in this is like, we all react differently. We have to get to learn to know how we have to get to know our bodies and how they work. And the only way to do that is to try living without it for a while maybe to yes. see if we can so you had written in our show notes i'm sober now what so tell me talk to talk to the listeners who are thinking but how could i live without alcohol what what am i going to do if i'm sober it's so much fun to be or it's or it's just such an ingrained part of my life talk to us about i'm sober now what so I used to be horrified at the idea of never drinking again. It used to really like, oh my God, no way. How sad. No, that's horrible. And uh, I'm glad I gave it a shot because now that I'm here, I see that um, I'm living life like in HD now. Like I am fully uh, present. Yes. And it, it really changes things because I've gone now to a concert. I've attended a wedding, my son's bar mitzvah. I mean, I've done these like pretty major things. I've had my birthday. Um, Christmas, I did Christmas, I did New Year's. So I think a full year, a full calendar year of sobriety is like a good goal for someone who's just curious. Um, because then you can see you already know what those things look like when you're drinking or when you're drunk. And now you experience them fully there. Like, I would have never in a million years thought that I could go to the Rolling Stones and be completely sober. And just, oh my gosh, take all the music, take all the sights and the sounds and just the energy. And um, I'm converted. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm a convert. <laughs> and I'm glad now you said what? that. Cause yeah, I saw the Rolling Stones with my, my friend on, on his 17th birthday. We were all drinking beforehand and I'm so glad that that buzz wore off. So I remember that concert. I'm mm -hmm. I, like, I'm grateful that I was underage and I couldn't get anything else once we were inside the stadium, but it was like pounded in real quick. So we can like make it yeah. last as long as make that buzz last as long as you want. But but isn't it interesting that on the other side, there's this, um, there can be an addictive uh, part of experiencing something fully without the alcohol and having, instead of blurring the edges, it actually sharpens the focus and gives us a gift of that sharper memory for, for the rest of our lives. Yeah. And also along the same lines of like, just, you know, being fully present and there and, and remembering these experiences and fully taking them on is um, something that I have heard said like, oh, how, how boring, how boring to not, you know, drink, how boring. And I, I would never not stop drinking because I want to experience everything in life. And it's like, wait a minute, that's why I want to stop drinking because I want to experience everything in life. I want to experience all there is. And, um, and I think it's the opposite, like it's boring to think 
that you can only have fun if you're on some kind of, you know, some taking some kind of substance, you know, that's like, that's weird. <laughs> that's the... Yeah. And I'm thinking of these Instagram um, feeds that I follow or accounts that are like uh, motivate or it's uh adventure is one of them. I think it's just, that's the handle. And it shows these people doing these insane things. Like a lady was, it was, I don't know if it was a tower or a bridge that was like 2000 feet or thousands of feet over something. And she like goes off this slide and then she like is skydiving and we, you couldn't do that drunk. I mean, you could, but you might, you'd probably die. So like the whole point is like to live in (laughs) HD, to live that. I love that. I think that'll be the, the key takeaway from this conversation Mm -hmm. afterwards is like that we strive to have better resolution in our life. I know as a podcaster, I want to have good resolution in the audio and in the video, but it's going to, why would I want to blur that in my memory just so that in the moment I can feel less, less anxiety. Tell me about what it's like to actually feel feelings of anxiety, social anxiety, for example, on the set or in a work, another workplace or social, any type of social environment, how do you experience those anxious feelings? What's it like to feel those, feel the feels without drinking Mm -hmm. over them? Um, It's exciting, actually. It really is exciting um, because it's something new and you're allowing yourself to, you know, to have that experience. And um, as an example, this wedding that we just attended, I didn't know a lot of people. I knew obviously the, the my cousin who's getting married and, um, you know, just the family, but there was so many people. And normally I would have made a beeline to the bar, get numbed out and then feel like, woo, even if I'm by myself in the corner, I would have just felt less, less, uh, uh, awkward. And then yeah. now I think about it. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, let me see what that looks like. I'm like, woo in the corner. That is awkward. <laughs> <laughs> so no, it's just kind of like, I see it now as sort of like a superpower. Um, I went to a friend. Uh, yeah, it is. Um, a friend had a birthday, um, months ago. I was already on this, um, on this uh, journey and we went to a karaoke bar and we didn't sing because there were some rowdy people that were sitting like next to us. And so we ended up leaving, but I was ready. Like, I was like, let's do this. I've never done karaoke sober. Um, this is going to be great. And I would have done it. I if could other- cue some music right now. So we could have you make your karaoke <laughs> debut on I Kissed Alcohol. Yeah. We could say we were there when our elite launched her music career when she went from being on set as support to being the one on the show. Like, yes. <laughs> so Brenity could be your, could be your stage name. That's what was the next yes. thing I had on my notes. So mm-hmm. tell us about your Instagram handle because you have uh, uh, Arlie Davis as one of them, mm-hmm. but you've also got one that you made for your sober account, which can combines these two words, sobriety and serenity. And you made it sobriety, which I think is this yes. beautiful term that I hope wherever it gets used, it gets attributed to you on Wikipedia or wherever from henceforth <laughs> in human history, sobriety <laughs> coined by R.L.E. Davis. Tell yes. me about that concept. Well, um, I wanted to document my journey and I thought, you know, let's make an online journal um, and just do little, you know, posts here and there. And I, I made it anonymous. I made it you know, very timidly, like just, I'm just going to, you know, be me. And I, I don't even have my like image on there. You know, I just wanted to kind of document my journey. And um, I had different names. I had, I think the first one was called Sobriety Takes Practice because it does. Sobriety yeah. does take practice. Um, and then I changed it to Actively Sober. <laughs> and, 
I changed that because with actively sober, I thought like I pictured myself like doing jumping jacks, like I'm sober. <laughs> like a Jane Fonda thing from like back yes. in the day. You're like doing the st- doing the step aerobic I- stuff that like I remember. <laughs> We're dating ourselves here. <laughs> I know, seriously. <laughs> so then I was like, you know what? It's not even about like just shouting like I'm sober. It's more about like being being calm like that's what the new space that I am living in is now it's calm it's peaceful it is um much less drama not that I'm a dramatic person but there's definitely like just a sense of calm all around and I thought you know what is the opposite of I guess drunk no not drunk but just like the opposite like what would be the opposite of like drinking yeah you know because drinking kind of takes you to a certain place and so then I thought, you know what, if you have nothing, you're just serene. So that's why I decided to merge those two words together. And if I could merge serene. drunkenness on one side and hypercaffeination on the other, then I would find <laughs> that happy medium in the middle where, because because to me, when you said, what's the opposite of drunkenness to me, I'm like, uh, hypercaffeination. I don't know. Like, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. And your profile picture for that is, um, it's either a sunrise or a sunset, but it's it's a mm-hmm. perfect, which I know is kind of like a, a, a classic image of something that's peaceful, but it, but it's good. There's, it, it's good because it's a, it, it reminds us that it's a daily thing too. Every sunrise and every sunset, like we've got this opportunity to fully live we, without getting too touchy feely or, or whatever here. I, I think mm-hmm. it's true. I think the metaphor is very spot on with those words and with that image, because uh, we can live that sunrise and that sunset in HD and not be so focused on how did I feel or did I feel relaxed in that moment? It can be, wow, I was present in that moment. Even if I was anxious, I allowed myself to be anxious and I got the opportunity to be fully human in that moment, even when it wasn't perfect, you can still be serene there. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, the other thing too, um, just going back to something you had said earlier about what, how, how how to deal with feelings when you're like in a social setting and you know, you're not, um, having any liquid courage or whatnot. Um, it's also like everybody else is. So in a way that, that makes me feel like, okay, you know, so, the spotlight isn't really on me because most people, Mm. the way most people operate is everyone is obsessed about themselves. You know, everyone is just obsessing over their hair, their outfit, like people are obsessed about themselves. And so when you're in a social setting, you realize that, okay, nobody's really looking at me to see what I have in my hand. Nobody's really, you know, paying that much attention to me. So in a way that remembering that kind of allows me to not be as awkward because I know that no one's just like, oh, what's she going to say? Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of freeing for you actually to realize that you can interact with other people more fully. And then (laughs) as I've been around people who the the one time I was at uh, where alcohol was really present was um, this spring around some other families. and, And I was talking to a couple of the guys and I went, oh my God, like, that's what I looked like. And, you know, cause it, it just, wow. I didn't think, cause when I'm drinking, I'm like, oh, people don't know the whole idea. Like Katie Mack had said on the last episode, the idea is like to not let people see that you're drunk. Like that's part of the cool yeah. thing. Like you're just trying to experience it yourself, but not show it. Cause you want to look cool or you want to be, but the reality is like people can, people can tell, and especially our kids can tell. And oh, why, yeah. how did I think that my kids didn't notice 
that I was drinking. I think one time when I was putting my son to bed, um, I don't know if I, I don't think I was drunk. Maybe I was, but I remember I had been drinking obviously because he said something like, dad, you smell funny. And oh. I'm like, oh my God, my seven year, like it just broke my heart. But see what I'll tell myself is, oh, I made that. Oh, you're just making that up. That didn't actually happen, which means I probably was, I probably was drunk when I put him to bed. And what kind of father of the year award am I getting here? So my my point in rambling on all this is like, how do you get to the point where say you're stuck in that cycle? Like I was, where I was like, I don't know how to break this cycle. I just, the thing that I look forward to every day is drinking uh, Mm -hmm. is where I was this winter. It was Mm -hmm. like, that's all I felt like I had to look forward to, which is ridiculous because I have these beautiful children and this beautiful wife and like, what the hell? But, but that's me. I'm just saying, not knowing how to break the hangover cycle. Talk to me about that. Talk to the person who doesn't know how to get out of that cycle. So, um, well, I do feel that a lot of, a lot of our drinking, um, excitement, um, comes from the anticipation. Like for me, it was like, oh, it's five o'clock. I'm oh, yay. It's time to start letting loose, you know? And so if you just do a little like switcheroo and get yourself like one of these apple cider vinegar, uh, sparkling thing in with bobbers at around the time when you usually have, you know, your happy hour, just switch it up. And then, uh, once the witching hour is over, it's, you're usually in the clear. So the witching hour is like the time when you're just like the most fiending for that drink because you're used to it. Yeah. You know, for me, it was like, I was, it was time, it was cooking. It was my, my dinner cooking time. So it was like, I poured myself some wine or uh, I cracked open a beer and then I started cooking. And by the time dinner rolled around, I already had like two or sometimes three drinks, you know, so that, that was pretty rough. So just switching it up to, to something else to just kind of trick your mind will work. And uh, the first, it'll be hard. It's going to be hard. It's not easy, but you know, once you start doing it and you see, and you wake up and you start seeing the, um, the positive effects, like you wake up and it's like, Oh, wait a minute. I don't feel hungover. Oh, I slept good last night. Oh, I didn't have that racing heart at 3. AM. I had a really cool dream and I wrote it down on my notes app and then you read it back and you're like, Oh my gosh, like, is this what it's like? Okay. So it is hard at first, but just a little trick is just um, get yourself a mocktail at the time when you're fiending okay, or an NA beer or something. It's a brilliant You have to kind of play little tricks and, you know, with yourself. Yeah. Well, it's all about reframing thing. Again, the app that we use, we're not paid influencers, but I'm going to shout them out anyway, because uh, (laughs) it's definitely changed my life and a lot of other people's lives. The idea is that you're reframing these experiences like um, Arlie said uh, here earlier that when she's anxious now, it's an opportunity to be fully human there. And mm-hmm. I did this the other day where um, I started, I caught myself getting anxious about something. I think my boss is upset with me about something because I kind of like jerked. I, I didn't intend to, but he was kind of getting jerked around and he couldn't write the schedule because I was being unclear and, and it wasn't malicious, but I just started to like like spin on this and catastrophize it when it's like not really that big of a deal. But for me, it's like, no, but this is my integrity. And I try to not be a flaky person and blah, blah, blah. I did that with you before the show on, on Instagram. I'm like, I'm being such a flake and blah, blah, blah. Maybe that's because, you know, we had friends in the industry who were kind of flaky and we loved them. But oh my God. They yeah. were flaky. And I'm like, I don't want to be a Hollywood flake. Right. I'm not Hollywood or anything, but uh Anyway, not my, yet. My point is, not yet. That's right. Here I come, Hollywood, so I can get a big head and make yeah. an ass of myself, like like I did in the army when I got all like 
when I got some notoriety in the army and went to these awesome units and then I started to think I was cool that's why people are like well let us know when your show hits the big time or you know remember us when you're famous and I'm like I don't think I want to be famous because I don't trust myself but anyway my point all that was just to say like I had this random uh, experience that was very much would have been an excuse to drink beforehand and I told myself like I've got to sit in this and I've got to allow myself to be anxious about this and not beat myself up for being anxious about it and then use some of these techniques that I've learned to reframe it. And one of the key ways to reframe it for me has been to do what you said, which is view it as an opportunity to be more present, to experience the fullness of humanity of, because anxiety is a very real and human emotion. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so thank you so much for um, sharing all those good nuggets. So tell us, so like, what are some of the myths around, uh, you know, hangovers that, that, there are all these ideas out there that like, well, I can, I can drink this and eat this and I'll be fine. I remember after I got commissioned, we, of course, uh, into the army as an officer, we got like totally blasted that night at the apartment. And the next day it was, oh, drink a Coke and take an aspirin and you'll feel better. And I'm wondering how much of that was just placebo effect of, because I did, I, I drank it and I was like, oh my God, I feel better. But like, <laughs> was that really effective? So um, what are some of the things that are out there? that you think people say and think and do to get rid of those hangovers? Okay, so taking a hot shower or a cold shower, um, I have a cup of coffee, um, eat greasy food, hair of the dog, like all of those things um, scientifically don't really work. Like, yes, it might make you like wake up and get a little bit of energy, but honestly, the only cure, the only known cure for hangovers is to not overindulge on alcohol. That's it, yeah. Well, what about even when you, you know, we talk about pre-gaming before you drink, like you have a little bit of drink to kind of get warmed up. What about the pre-gaming for when you go the the pre-sleeping where you're like, well, I'll just drink a bunch of water and I'll take some stuff before I go to sleep. I, I'm remembering some of that kind of stuff too, where it's like, if I take an aspirin before I go to sleep, or if I drink a cup of water before, then that'll help. I mean, yeah. I mean, you're supposed to pad your drinks. Like you're supposed to have a minimum of three glasses of water per drink because alcohol is a diuretic and you are going to be peeing a lot, which is yeah. what causes the um, dehydration, the brain shrinkage, the headaches. I mean, it's pretty bad. So yes, drinking water. Like, but I peed so much already. If I drank three to one, like I would be basically just staying in the bathroom the entire time <laughs> I drank. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Arlie, I, like, I'm so thankful that you joined me today uh, and that you bore with all of the uh, technical difficulties beforehand, which the listeners and viewers, thankfully, are going to be spared from on this yes. one. Um, where can people <laughs> find you online if they'd like to connect with you? Okay, so on Instagram, it's just my name. It's at Aureli underscore Davis. Um, or my um, sober account, which is just at Sobrenity. So I'm not as active on there. I'd like to be, but um, I, I made two specific ones just because I didn't want my entire, you know, um, my personal page to be about sobriety. I, I feel like it's more of like my portfolio that has more like uh, photography and video and then some personal stuff. But, um, but yeah, either of them would be great. Her photography is beautiful, by the way. And so is her name. And she even said before the episode, she did a great job of coaching me. She said, this is how you say my name. And I'm still not <laughs> emphasizing the L in the middle enough. I thought it was a beautiful name before I even heard it pronounced. I think I even told you that in Instagram. I was like, I hope I'm, I don't sound like a creeper, but I think you have the most beautiful name. I don't think uh, I've ever met an Aureli. 
So you Aureli. actually, Aureli, like I, I was trying to emphasize the L more and still didn't get such a cool name. So if you've never met an Aureli before, now you have, and you can connect with her online at uh, those different accounts. And again, Sobrenity is my favorite one at Sobrenity on Instagram. So before we go, what would be mm -hmm. your parting shot for our listeners who are caught in that hangover cycle or they're afraid of slipping back into it again? What's the single most important piece of advice that you would want someone to take away from this episode today? Yes, and this is something, and I think we've said it earlier, but um, we already know what our birthday parties, our 4th of July's, our New Year's Eve's, we already know what those look like drunk. So how about experiencing them sober and mm -hmm. you know, giving yourself a chance just, you know, think of, think of that next time. Yeah. Perfect. It's not that scary. It's like, it's like a, a roller coaster, but it's like the most amazing non-scary roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> we, it's like the kitty, it's like the kitty roller coaster, but, but isn't yeah. that it though? Like, remember how much it, how fun it used to be. I remember very clearly being at Disney world and there's a picture of me with my dad my mom was in the car behind us and there's the car that you can drive and you can only turn the wheel like this much before it hit the thing mm -hmm. but I love that thing and I wanted to go on it so many times and so how much of this is just rediscovering a childlike wonder for the world where it's like oh my gosh I get to go to my kid's soccer game today and mm -hmm. I can be there and live that in HD or or I can go to work and I can experience whatever this is more fully and more present like Aureli, this was awesome. Like, thank you. Thank you. And um, we will look forward to, I will look forward to continuing to chat with you uh, on our rogue Instagram chat groups and shout out yes. to the Ohana posse out there. You know who you are. Speaking of which, our next episode is going to be another member. I'll talk about that in a moment, but that's it for this episode of I Kissed Alcohol Goodbye, the podcast where we break up with booze together with emphasis on the together because we cannot make it alone. So stay tuned for season two, episode three. I'll be interviewing our friend Elmer from the Windy City and we'll delve into his newly sober experience through his eyes as a Latino man. Until then, please like, rate and review this little show on whatever platform you listen on. And a reminder that you can watch our YouTube videos uh, on the channel of the same name. And uh, Spotify also streams the video in case you would like to do that. Hit uh, Al and me up on Instagram anytime at IKAGBpod or I'm at I Kissed Alcohol Goodbye. And finally, if you'd like to support this show for as little as $5 a month, which is the price of a drink or two that you would have uh, maybe had otherwise, hop on over to patreon.com. And it's again, patreon.com slash IKAGBpod. Till next time, Arely, 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 and I, and Al, oh my God, let's try this again. Yes. Arely, Al, and I send our best sober vibes by saying goodbye, alcohol, and hello, life. Much love and peace. Bye. Yay.